Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, a show by wrestling fans for wrestling fans to talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Jack Murley. I am a professional broadcaster, joined each and every week by co-host and professional rugby player, Charlie Beckett. How the devil are you, Mr. Beckett? I am good, thank you, Jack. I'm good. Are you managing to avoid freezing to death currently? I've done that thing. I don't know if you have to do it in your house, but it's a condensation at the moment. Yes, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every window has to have a little wipe down before you start your day, and no one tells you about that when you're growing up. Yeah, I was um, I was coaching the night on Tuesday, the first night, it got like blow minus, blow zero, sorry. And I was like, all right, girls, come on. I know it's cold, but the girls team I coach. And we've got a Canadian girl playing for us. And she goes, uh, Charlie... It's not cold. I looked over and she's there in literally shorts, shorts and t-shirt and I'm there like in three coats. And I was like, what? She's like, it's minus 42 at home at the moment. And I just looked at her I was like, that's not a real temperature. It is definitely... That's not a real temperature. No, you, you cannot play rugby in minus 42, I would think. No, I was like, I was like grow up and get a hoodie on. <laughs> get a hoodie. Because I used to, when I used to play hockey, at, obviously nowhere near your level, but I used to hate playing in the winter because you'd hit the ball, it would ricochet up your hands, it would be terrible. I mean, do you enjoy mm. playing rugby in this weather? I, I, look, I always play, enjoy playing rugby, but the cold is probably my least favourite just because I'm lucky as well because I'm in the forwards and I'm always busy, but um, the poor buggers out on the wing, they can get quite cold. They can get quite cold. <laughs> It must be terrible to be sat out there on the wing with the ball not coming to you, just waiting. Anyway, enough of that chat. we got loads of wrestling to talk about. AEW has released William Regal, who is heading back to WWE. Ricky Starks cuts a promo of his life on Dynamite. Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley continue to obsess about Brock Lesnar. And it looks like we're getting Becky Lynch against Rhea Ripley at some point down the path. All of that to come on the podcast. But let's start with Monday Night Raw, where we did tease another confrontation between Becky and Rhea. Continued tensions between Seth and Bobby, and a huge night for Solo Sikoa, who destroyed Elias backstage, and then Riddle in the evening's tag team title main event, which actually started the show. Um, how good is Solo Sikoa looking at the moment, Charlie? Yeah, they are presenting and building him beautifully, aren't they? He, that silent enforcer role is just a very, very clever and, um, when done right, very effective role, and just seeing him almost going on his own accord. If he wants to wreck people, he's going to wreck people. And the fact that he's doing it by himself, he doesn't need the rest of the bloodline there with him. He's, he's sort of like the wild card in the bloodline, is it? We don't really know where he's going to fit into this story. He doesn't seem he doesn't seem as invested in the bloodline, more invested in himself. Like he's not putting the finger up, is he, as much when it's the we the ones, things like that. So he's being built very, very cleverly. He looks like a genuine killer, a genuine badass. And I think I saw you tweet it actually that a long run in the rumble, or you might, you might have put it in our show notes actually rather than tweet it. But I think you're very, very right. I saw on your thunder, a long run in the rumble of him with a lot of eliminations, I think would be the next step on building him hugely. It's hard to look like a badass in the bloodline because it's not like there's a weak link in the bloodline. All of those men are men you would look at and go, all right, they could, you wouldn't want to encounter them at night in a dark alley if you cross them. But to stand out like that is incredible. And I was away for work this week. And you know what it's like. You get chatting to someone who, who happens to be a wrestling fan. And he was saying before Clash at the Castle, 
he didn't really know who Solo Sikoa was, and that's probably true for the grand scheme of wrestling fans. So to build him to where he is now, from well, when was Clash? Sort of start of September, end of... Yes, end, yeah. start of September. Yeah, so in that period of time, they've done an amazing job. Yeah, they've built him in three months, beautiful. You know, you know what I think is the thing that helps him most? And actually what helps the bloodline most, this is a wild thing I'm about to say, Roman not being there that often. Yes. It helps the rest of them. And you can have the conversation you want about it hurting the product of the champion not being there. And I'd be I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't say I do think it hurts because I used to rant about that a lot with Brock Lesnar. I do think not seeing the big belts weekly does hurt it in some ways. But for the rest of this faction, it is making them seem more important, letting them grow more because the attention is not always on Roman. And then when Roman is there, my God, he seems like a big deal. You know what? You're so right, because we would not... I, I, I bet we would not be talking about Sami Zayn as much as we are had Roman Reigns been there every week. And the Usos, who were always uh, generational talents in the tag division, have got themselves to that next level. It's You know this from a sports background. When your big guy, your talismanic person is out, other people can step up to fill that vacuum. And that's what the Usos, Sami Zayn, Solo Sokoa have all mm. done. Yeah, absolutely. They've stepped into that void that's left by Roman and it doesn't hurt the bloodline that he's not there. The bloodline story is still as interesting. The bloodline are still as just a bigger threat. And I think blindsiding Elias is one thing, beating someone up after a match is another, but genuinely destroying Matt Riddle. The fact that he did the classic Rikishi running and smash your bum into someone's face, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, but with a steel chair, yeah, that goes from being a destructive move to a sadistic move like he's a he he enjoy, clearly they're presenting him as he enjoys hurting people i think calling him nicknames like the street champ i think is a really good nickname like he's the the rougher uso brother he's the one who is out on the streets fighting like i just think they present him very very well so far do you know what i love on uh, wwe's youtube channel is where they do that thing where they put the chair around his neck and you see that, and you see him charging in from the corner, and then it just does that, that stop the screen where yeah. the actual impact happens. And you think, who are you fooling? Who does not know what that is leading to when that happens? Yeah, I've got no idea what's happened. How's it ended up on the floor? Yeah, what's, what's going on there? He would benefit from a huge run in the Rumble, and that's what I'm so excited about the Rumble. We don't have a pay-per-view between now and the Rumble. So we've got about six weeks, maybe seven, till we get that. I'm so excited to see what he can do in it. Yeah, I think it's it's a very, very exciting Rumble season. And I think, and this isn't a big jump because I believe the relation is it's his uncle, but I get serious Umaga vibes yeah. from Solo Sokoa. Uh, and Umaga, I don't think at the time, got the respect he deserved. You look back now, I think it was unfortunately the anniversary of his death this week or last week, and there was lots of um, tributes to us online. I watched a four-minute video package of just how good he was. And he was he was the hottest thing in WWE in about 2008 when he was against Cena. Yeah. I think they had a last man standing match at the Rumble, actually. And they took down Not the Rumble. 2008, rope. but yeah. Yeah, 2007, uh, start of 2008. It was exactly that time. Yeah. And honestly, it was just, he was so brilliant. And I think they're building Solo Sokoa and he's doing the Samoan spike with the thumb, yep. which is Umaga's move. And I just think they're building him brilliantly. It's not a ripoff of Umaga. It is his nephew, I believe. I might be wrong on the relation, but I believe that's the relation. And of course he would then act like him. And he's he's built a lot like him. He looks like him. And he's been presented in a very 
similar way to him, which is a tried and tested, proven way to build a monster heel. And I think it's very, very clever. And you, would, you wouldn't, because times change and we all get better at getting better. The Umaga character would not be a character that yes, worked yes. at the moment. But you look at the tributes they're clearly paying. So I thought that with the spike as well. And, and you just think, yeah, it, it works. It's that lineage going on. More bloodline discussion later when I do some fantasy booking of Sami Zayn. Can I just jump in before we move on? Sorry. Yeah, on go this. for it. One more thing. Go. I think down the line there is serious money in a solo Roman feud. But isn't that the clever thing? You can do Roman against Solo. You can do Roman against Jay. You can do Roman against Sammy. From that stable, you can spin off about six different money matches. And did we all see, I said it to you on Twitter this week, that Umaga's actual real-life son is now starting wrestling training. So there's another one coming. There is a conversation to be had about wrestling families and dynasties and whether this one is the most dominant. Now, the McMahons would probably have something to say about that, but it's been unreal. Fantasy booking of that to come before the end of the show. Also talking <coughs> MJF Ricky Starks uh, and rumours abound that Sasha Banks could be going to New Japan. We'll talk about that, but let's do Becky Lynch against Rhea Ripley. Some more teases for that coming up on Raw. That is a match I want to see. Show me the money, in the words of Jerry Maguire. That just it just makes sense, doesn't it? That that's two two of your biggest female stars, two of your best female wrestlers, two of your most charismatic stars, full stop, throw them in the ring together and print the dollar bills. Do you need the title on that? I mean that that to me has WrestleMania caliber match written all over it and you don't need to put the title on Becky or Bianca to, to get there, I don't think. Uh, on Becky or Rhea to take it off Bianca to get there. Yeah, no, that, that doesn't need the title on it. For that to be a big money match, you would watch that whatever reason they're fighting. One of the surprise success stories, I think, of this year has been Rhea Ripley. Not surprising because she's always had the talent, she's always had the ability, but again, she has grown into that role with the Judgment Day and has made chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what with, with that stable. And, and I just think she's great. I am invested in Rhea Ripley because of her work with Judgment Day. And who would have thought at the start of the year that Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio would be the combo we're talking about there? But it just works. It's so clever. I would love to know who booked that, wouldn't you? I mean, we all think we're so smart as wrestling fans, sitting backstage going like, that'll never work, that'll never work. I'd love to see who was the one who went, do you know what? This is actually going to be money if we just go with it. And probably what's made it work, Edge's injury. I mean, you hate to say it, but had Edge not got injured, the judgment day wouldn't be what it is. Yeah, it's it's tough, isn't it? Because Edge it seems to get injured a lot and we're always gutted when he does. But it seems like creatively it always seems to work out well for the WWE, if that's a, not a ridiculous thing to say. Mm. They found a way to work with it. And and for Rhea Ripley, who do you remember that COVID WrestleMania at the Performance Centre when, you know, I that Charlotte Flair-Rhea Ripley match, I was so excited for and I wanted it on the big stage and she got robbed of that moment I really want her to get a big WrestleMania moment. I think she has earned it as much as anyone. Yeah, she's brilliant in the ring. She's brilliant out of the ring. As you say, her moment was stolen from her WrestleMania 36, with COVID-37, sorry. Uh, and I'm just a little bit in love with Rhea Ripley. If we're going to be cards on the table, I <laughs> love her a little bit. So that's great, isn't it? You are not the only one who feels that way about it. No, I'm not the one to comment on this. It is It is pretty far removed from my wheelhouse but she has she has an appeal does she not she does massively and if you described if i close my eyes you described it to me i don't think i'd say that was an attractive woman but then 
I opened my eyes and she's just brilliant. And I think I think I like that she could probably beat me up as well in a very weird way. Well, let's That's... not let's not delve too deeply in, no, let, into honestly, that. Let's not. I don't know where this has taken us. But you know what? It's fine. I have Hook. You have Rhea Ripley. It is all it is all good um, in that world. Let's move on very quickly. But someone who may not be coming back to the WWE women's division. Now, I only saw this this morning. Is it being reported that Sasha Banks, who we thought along with Naomi was a surefire thing to be coming back to WWE, is now looking like she's going to appear at New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom event at the start of 2023. With speculation growing, she could be Soraya's mystery partner in AEW at the start of January next year, which is a wild turn of events. Well, that is mad, and I hadn't seen that either until um, until you mentioned it to me just then. But if that's what she wants to do, good for it. Like, the, the doors to WWE will always be open, I think, for Sasha now. I think it sounds like they've put the issues to bed. And I think when she wants to go back, it will be there. So why not go and experience some other wrestling promotions? Why not go and do new? Now, going to AEW is a bit different, but going to New Japan and going and experiencing that, why would you not do that while you can? Um, I obviously would like to see her back in WWE. I think that's where she's best. I haven't seen her anywhere else, but that seems to be a home makes sense. I also think WWE's women's division is the best in the world. And I think that's where the best female wrestlers can have their best stories, their best matches, do their best work. So I want to see the best there. But there may be an injection of genuine um, era-defining star power like Sasha Banks in AEW, along with Soraya, along with Britt Baker, who's brilliant. Maybe that's the injection that women's division needs to get to where it it needs to be. Because I think that's maybe, this might be a little harsh, but the one thing AEW have never really gotten as good as WWE at is their women's division. Yeah, which is mad because you look at the talent and and I can't work out what it is, but she could be John Moxley for that division. Yeah. She could be the John Moxley-like acquisition, but then you do go, well, Athena could have been that. Well, Soraya, and maybe that's a bit different because she was coming back off a long injury, but I don't know what it is about that women's division. It, it does struggle. She could be the injection it needs, but we could also be in this situation where WWE is establishing these working relationships with other companies and actually says, do you know what, Sasha? If you need to scratch that new Japan itch, go and do that. There'll always be a place for you. You, you could see it where she does... New Japan at the start of the month, and then pitches up in the Rumble at the end. That's where wrestling is now. Well, am I right in saying, I don't think we're supposed to, I might have got this wrong. Is Shinsuke performing at Wrestle Kingdom? Shinsuke is part of a Japanese event. Off the top of my head, I can't remember which it is. But yeah, he has been given permission to go and perform in Japan. I know he's not doing much in WWE right now, don't get me wrong. But he's still a WWE contracted worker. Yeah. And the fact that we're seeing them allowed to go and wrestle for other promotions is bonkers to think. But I I just think it's the evolution of wrestling, isn't it? Like, let's lend... If New Japan have got a story that lends itself to the return of Shinsuke for one night only to have a big match at Wrestle Kingdom, go on, lend him. Because you know what? They'll lend you someone. And then the best thing is... Wrestling fans just get to see the best wrestling. Well, it is true. And what do we always say when we come round to Rumble season? That the Women's Royal Rumble always lacks a little bit of star power just because in terms of where women's wrestling has been, what better star power could you have than Sasha Banks surprising everyone and coming back in the Women's Rumble having appeared at Wrestle Kingdom? I mean, if that music hits at number 30, it's a pop of, it's a pop of the decade. 
yeah, that, that's uh, that's I've spoken about for a long time. If she if she goes and wrestles in another uh, promotion and then comes back to the Rumble in the same month, that I'll be spoken about for a long, long time. Final bit of WWE. Seth and Bobby both keeping Lashley's obsession with Lesnar alive. I like that they've not moved on and just put Seth into something else. I I, I enjoy this. Seth and Bobby sound like the plumbers who'd come round to fit your new bathroom. <laughs> Who's in, who's in the bathroom, lads? Ah, oh, Seth and Bobby. Oh, yeah, good fellas. Good fellas. Just make sure you get four sugars in their tea. Not that either of them ever have sugar. I, I don't um, think Bobby has touched sugar since at least the 90s. No. Um, yes, I like that they're keeping it here because that's one of the things that gets me in wrestling is you have a massive feud, someone batters you or is horrible to you, and then you go, ah, well, I'll move on. And that's not how life works, is it? Someone really? is horrible to you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm in a strange mood this morning. Um, so, no, and I love that they're just both, like, a bit fascinated with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. It's just very, very interesting because where's Brock going to stumble back into this? Well, you've got to believe that, that WrestleMania season is coming round. Brock Lesnar is a very smart businessman. WWE has two nights of WrestleMania to fill now. You're going to get Brock on your card somewhere. There's no, he can't go in the title match with Roman again. So he's got to have something intriguing to do. I mean, let's just do this. Where would you put Brock Lesnar coming into WrestleMania? You got the pencil. You can have him feud with anyone. Where does he go? Well, right now, and this is not very inventive, but I'd watch a Seth Bobby Brock triple threat. Really? Oh, just for the fun of it. There's not much storyline there, but they're both chatting about him. Just chuck him in the middle, have 20 minutes of madness. Yeah, and, and you know what? Do it for the US title. Have, have yeah. Has Brock Lesnar... Now, this, this is... He's only ever won... The world. The world title. Was he hardcore champion once? Oh, uh, maybe. Maybe he was hardcore. Like he might have had the hardcore championship once. But uh, do you know what as well? I'm so excited about WrestleMania is I bet we get three-hour nights. I bet we get yes. two, three-hour, maybe even two hours, 45 nights of WrestleMania, and that's going to be great. Yeah, it really is. And you say about the US title and that, I want to just quickly talk about, I didn't didn't put this in the show notes, I don't really ever do I. Um, I think it's this Friday, we're getting Gunther versus Ricochet for the IC title. Yeah, yeah, after that Which, World Cup tournament. Oh my God, how good's that going to be? If you're Walter, you're just going to... Excuse me, Gunter. No, you're not, I'm, a Jack. So it's the first time I've done that. If you're Gunter, you're just going to want to, to sit backstage with Ricochet and say, how many ways can I throw you? Like, what, what, like, like you know you used to do it in a swimming pool with, with your siblings yeah. if you had them. It, it's just going to be that. And then what do you need from me to make you look good, re really good for five minutes? Yeah. And then how do you want me to squash you in the end? Because that's what's happening. I, I love that we're getting that. I also love that we're at that bizarre point where people just go, I'm <laughs> declaring for the Royal Rumble. Yes, <laughs> yes. No one really understands how it works. Good old Kofi just going, I'm going to be in it. And why doesn't he go say, I'm going to be in it and I'm going to be number 30? Like, that's what you yeah, should like, do. Like, if I just tweeted, I'm declaring for the Royal Rumble, would that put me in it? Do Is that it. how it works? Let's just see. Have to declare. Yeah, let's see. Like, will Triple H message people like, oh, you've thrown a spanner in the works there, mate. We didn't really have a slot for you. <laughs> You'll be in that, like, slot 17, slot 18, the Drew yeah. Carey slot or something like that. Yeah. They'll bring you out. But, but now you've declared, Charlie, we've got to put you in.
Let's talk AEW. Confirmation came this week that AEW was releasing William Regal to return to WWE, citing Regal's desire to work with his son. We also saw uh, MJF and Ricky Starks have one hell of a promo exchange on Dynamite. FTR and Acclaimed headlined with the tag team title match. Lots more, but uh, in a way for AEW, what we saw was explanation of the rushed Regal angle last week. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Charlie? It was in the ether for a little while that he was going back to WWE. It's all fascinating to me. So first of all, you've got to believe that William Regal had a longer-term contract with AEW, has asked for his release to work with his son, and props to Tony Khan and AEW for allowing the humanity of that to come through. Now, I think I read that until the rest of his AEW contract is done, he's not allowed to appear on screen uh, for WWE and be an on-screen talent, only work behind the scenes, which completely makes sense uh, from an AEW point of view. They've got to protect their business interest. Um, the thing it makes me realise straight away is you've got to think William Regal really did not want to leave WWE six months ago or whenever it was because he's not suddenly gone, oh, God, I best work with my son. So it makes you think how adamant was Vince McMahon that Regal had to go mm. at that time. Like you, you see one man who has shown great humanity in, and this is just off the very little wiener, but the way it looks to me is that Tony Khan has, he's appealed to Tony Khan's humanity and he's granted him what he wanted. You can't imagine for a second that when Vince walks in and says, Will, I imagine he calls him Will, um, <laughs> we're going to release you. You can't imagine Regal didn't say, look, Vince, I understand you might not want me to be GM of NXT anymore, but, but is there not a role for me here because I want to work with my son who's coming through? And Vince just straight up said no. So that's the bit that's fascinating for me is the different ways bosses do business. Yeah. And what Tony Khan, I think, has very, very cleverly done here is this is great press for Tony Khan and AEW. This makes him look brilliant. And you know what? They've had incredible value out of William Regal for six or nine months. Like He has enhanced their product hugely. I'm sure they would have rather keep him as an on-screen talent, but... I'd say if 12 months ago you offered Tony Khan this run of Regal and this press off the back of it, he would have said yes. It's fascinating, isn't it? Because Tony Khan has done the good thing. He's done the right thing. He's had someone who's come to him and said, "It's as far as we know, it's been great, you've been great, but I want to leave. I want to go back to be with my son. And Tony Khan could have kept him tied up in that contract. He could have done it. And it wasn't like William Regal wasn't all over that storyline. So he would have been well within his rights to say, look, William, as much as I might like to let you go, I can't. Look look at what we built. I can't do it. And look at the year we've had with having to call things on the fly. So the fact that Tony Khan said, okay, we'll let you go, because of all of that, I, I think is tremendous. I do think that they did as good a job as they could in AEW of papering over some of those cracks. I did think the promo almost the beyond-the-grave promo from William Regal with Tony Schiavone when he was like, I did it all for you. Goodbye, lads, and good luck. I did think that was a little bit... Just just let him go. I appreciate what you were trying to do, and you're in a difficult situation. Didn't love that, but fair play. They, they did the right thing from a business and human point of view, and they've done the best they could creatively. Yep, I agree with all that, and it'll be fascinating to see how the Blackpool Combat Club comes out of this, how the MJF story comes out of this. There's lots to see how it falls out and develops without Regal there now. It's such a shame that we don't get to see more. I do think that I really would have liked to see a proper run. And I do feel for Tony Khan creatively, who's gone, 
oh, geez, CM Punk has done what he's done backstage. We've got to call this on the fly. I've got it. i got a great story with MJF and Regal. We'll go that way. And then it's, boss, I want to leave as well. He must just be pulling his hair out at some of these things. Yeah, it's a tough run of real-life situations affecting creative for uh, Tony Khan at the moment. But let's talk about people stepping up. One of them was Ricky Starks. Now, we were saying last week... Poor old Ricky Starks getting overlooked. We're clearly heading towards Danielson against MJF, and Ricky Starks is just someone for MJF to get through. Do I believe that Ricky Starks will beat MJF next week? No, but I'm about as close to believing it as I can be after that Ricky Starks promo on Dynamite. The guy was money. Yeah, Ricky Starks is going to get more out of this feud than MJF by a mile. This is going to be a star-making feud because suddenly... I woke up on Thursday morning and all my Twitter was talking about was Ricky Starks. I was like, that's weird. I best go and see what they're talking about. And my God, that man cut a promo, didn't he? Jesus Christ. He he had MGF's pants down. Yeah. Like, he absolutely had the better of MGF on the mic. And not many people, if anyone, has ever, like, this is the man who probably got the better of CM Punk on the mic. And now Ricky Starks on the better of him. That was, it was phenomenal. And it was all <clears throat> true. Every single thing he said was true. It was all bang on the money. And and MJF is one of the best promos in the business. By, 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 in fact, I'm not sure anyone can hold a candle to him. MJF has a specific style and way he delivers promos. And what I liked from Ricky Starks was it was the polar opposite. Wasn't trying to be too clever. Wasn't trying to be too inside. It was just passion and you got stumbles and you got maybe some words didn't quite come out in the right order it didn't matter it was absolutely real and i am invested now i don't really care about the diamond you know just make it for the title slightly too convoluted for me but i'm invested next week in that title match is it not for the title what what oh it's both it's both so that rumble style match the winner got a shot at the diamond ring that MJF had any time they wanted, and so Ricky Starks is doing it for the title and the diamond ring. Right, okay, because of, of course it couldn't just be a title match. Which is a bit like saying you're playing for the FA Cup and a bucket of roses. Like, no yes. one cares about the other thing, but that that's going to be a great match. Mm, massive, and I really, really enjoy Ricky Starks' uh, torpedo headbutt. Off the uh, off the ropes that he does. It's a spear, isn't it? But it doesn't it's, look but that no way. No arms. It's a red card in rugby. <laughs> it's a straight red card. No arms. Head leading with your head. But yeah, it's great, isn't it? He does look. He does have the look of a shark on a seal. You know that moment they just pounce yeah. from underneath. Also, how clever to reimagine and just slightly change one of the most established moves in wrestling and yeah. have people talking about it as a different way of doing it. It's very clever. Best spear in wrestling, as someone who, for rugby tackles, probably has more of an inside in this. Who do you think? Most iconic is Edge. Okay, yep. Uh, most iconic. <clears throat> Best, either Bobby Lashley. Right. Or Roman. Oh, no, no, no. Roman Spear's great, mate. There, There is a man from Atlanta, Georgia, with a bald head and black trunks who would like a word. Yeah, Bill, no, yeah. Bill Goldberg. Goldberg. also very good, good. But you know what I think of always is the one where at Survivor Series a few years ago where Roman, Shane goes for coast to coast oh. and Roman almost kills him. Legitimately. Like, it, 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 literally, like, he gets a very bad concussion from it because it he, he snaps his head back. But, oh, that that's one of the best spears ever. Yeah, 
I won't lie, I forgot about Goldberg. And Goldberg and spearing people through Elimination Chamber capsules is is one of the best things to watch in wrestling. One of the, the I, I'm a bit older than you. I will remember this. You may not. Goldberg spearing Nunzio on on a SmackDown not long where he folds the guy up like laundry. He just goes through him. Also, the audacity of Rhino to rename a spear. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call it a gore. Right, okay. All right, mate, that, that, that's fine. Do you ever do that at rugby where they go, now, Charlie, uh, we need to talk tackling, and you go, goring. What? Uh, no, what but goring? I might start doing that. I might start. <laughs> Guys, we're working on gore technique on the show. So that was, that was brilliant. Ricky Starks, everyone's always said it about Ricky Starks. Everyone's always said he is great. And we've never seen, again, you fill that vacuum that is left for you. They gave him the chance. They gave him, what, four minutes with the best talker in their company and said, let's see if you can hang with this guy. And he did. He absolutely, he didn't muller him, but he sort of edged a victory out of him on the mic. And we know he can go in the ring. And now what I want to see is somewhere down the line, because MJF is going to win. I think that's pretty clear. I want to see MJF and Starks go at it properly. Give me this in a year's time, and I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah, I, I massively agree. But again, it it comes back to if you're not in the world title feud, which he won't be after next week. There's nothing much for you to do in AW, I don't think, because they're hurt by a lack of secondary titles that mean anything. But although that's a just, different rant, just to jump in, I liked that we got Darby Allen doing something meaningful with Samoa Joe for the TNT title. And I, I don't know what goes through Darby Allen's head. Taking a power bomb on a skateboard, wheels up, madness. That's gonna hurt. That that is gonna hurt. We also saw FTR against the acclaimed. It happened. It was a main event. It was great. It was a shame that we just got one week of semi build to it. But those two teams delivered, and the acclaimed go over clean. Loved it. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But it's not the match that people are speaking about, is it, Jack? Now, would you like to explain? The because you shared it on your Instagram story. Would you like to explain the the rap beforehand? Surely you understand that rap. I completely understand. <laughs> but I thought I'd let you. If either of us are going to talk about, it, I thought I'd let you do the talking on this. Are we just going to move on? I I, I think we should just move. I look. 2022 is is has been a tricky year for lots of people in lots of ways. But one shining example of goodness is the fact that you can have someone come out and essentially rap on cable television about gay sex positions. Or as yeah. I call it, sex positions. Yes, uh, no, yeah, yeah. And it's just like it's not. It wasn't for cheap heat. It was just funny. It was just yes, really. It was very funny. It was very, and that is the development of life, isn't that? No one's going. Oh, that's funny because it's because it's gay. Yeah. That's just funny because it's funny, and it's an anti Bowen's wave. The, yeah. at the, that yeah. made it. That made it. Him just waving at the camera. That absolutely made it. I love. I love this tag team. I'm so glad they went over clean as well because it yes. it doesn't hurt FTR in the slightest, and. Two big wrestling events this weekend. We don't talk much about NXT or Ring of Honor on this show. We just don't have the time. But NXT has got its premium live event this weekend with Deadline and Ring of Honor final battle of where, as well. The Briscoes against FTR in a double dog collar match. Now, we don't watch much Ring of Honor, but you and I are both <laughs> going to be searching that match out, I suspect. Yeah, hugely. That's going to be wild, isn't it? Wild. And tag team wrestling is brilliant at the moment because you say, like I said, just going back to the acclaimed, there is definitely whoever beats the acclaimed for the tag titles, if they do it right, there is huge heel heat to be had there because the acclaimed are so over. If a team cheat them out of them, it will be huge heel heat. The Briscoes and FTR are just going to batter each other this weekend, aren't they? That's going to be a hard watch in some ways, I think. But they have had one of the feuds of 2022, those two tag teams. It's been yeah. an outstanding. 
And again, I haven't seen all of it, but what I've seen has been incredible. And then the New Day are just rocking up in NXT this weekend. Which I missed entirely because I was away. So they're challenging for the tag belt in NXT. Yeah, they just rocked up on Tuesday and went, all right, lads, match this Sunday, this Saturday, do you fancy it? And they went, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love how bonkers wrestling in is at the moment. Um, those, It's going to be good value wrestling. Again, this weekend, outside the main sort of wrestling companies. Um, let's do some fantasy booking. We're doing mine this week. We'll do yours yes. next week, and then we'll do some listener ones next week as well. You set the challenge of fantasy booking Sami Zayn ending Roman Reigns' title reign. This is what you were after, right? Yes, please. Okay, so I'm so excited about this. You, because we're geeks, you know when you're like, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I want it. So this, here we go. I'm going to do the bullet point to this. So we're starting in my fancy booking situation with Sammy and Jey Uso both entering the Royal Rumble to secure a title shot at WrestleMania to protect Roman from having to defend the title at Mania. The story is, we're family. This is what we do for each other. We're going to take this out of the hands of anyone who wants to challenge you. And we come down at the Rumble to Sammy, Jay, and Drew McIntyre in the final three. And we've got a situation where Jay and Drew are on the ring apron, same time, tussling, and Sammy pushes them out, and Sammy Zayn wins the Royal Rumble. So he's got the title shot at Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But remember, he's only doing it to protect Roman. Now, Jay claims he's been betrayed, but Sammy says, no, 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 I'm just doing the job that you wanted, Roman. I'm doing it I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it to protect you. And Jay's saying that I've betrayed him. You need to remember that Jay's the one you had cell matches with. You, you had to keep him in line. I'm the one you trust here. So Sammy's going down that line, and Sammy starts saying each and every week it will be the biggest honour of his life to lie down for Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania. That's what Sami's going to do. And then we get a Triple H appearance, because Triple H doesn't like Sami Zayn saying that. He says the main event is honour, dignity, desire. He tells Sami he can't do that. Sami insists he will, and Triple H says, well, you won't do that if Roman doesn't make it to WrestleMania. And Triple H books Roman against Cody Rhodes at Elimination Chamber for the title, tells Sami that if Roman loses... Sammy can live his dream. He can beat Cody at WrestleMania. He won't betray the bloodline. Do it that way. But Sammy interferes, betrays Cody, gives Roman the win to prove that, yep, he is in Roman's corner and the biggest honor of his life will be lying down for Roman at WrestleMania. And so we're on the home straight to Mania. Legend after legend turn up to tell Sammy Zayn not to lie down for Roman at WrestleMania, not to make a mistake not to throw away the opportunity of a lifetime. And Sammy says every time, no, the opportunity of my lifetime is to lie down for the tribal chief at WrestleMania. And the announcers are incredulous. No one can believe it. But we go into WrestleMania convinced that Sammy Zayn feels the biggest honor of his life will be taking a pin from Roman at WrestleMania. And we even see Roman say one point backstage to Paul Heyman that Sammy Zayn is blood and he's going to do it. So it's WrestleMania Sunday. We get there, big match. The announcers are saying this is going to be the shortest main event in WrestleMania history because Sami Zayn is going to lie down for Roman Reigns. They make their entrance, the bell rings, Sami hugs Roman Reigns, he gestures to where he's going to lie down, near side of the ring. He goes there, then he gets up, fans go, what's going on? And Sami Zayn goes and gets the photographers and lines them up ringside to get the photo of Roman Reigns pinning him at WrestleMania. 
And Roman does one of those slow, smug, kneels down, turns round, lies his back over Sami Zayn. One, two, and Sami sticks his foot out onto the bottom rope to create a rope break. And that, hopefully, is the moment the crowd pops huge because they've just realised that Sami Zayn isn't going to lie down for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And Roman turns round, looks at Sami, not shouting, not screaming, confused. He can't believe what Sami's just done. He's got that Roman questioning look where an eyebrow arches. And he says, Sami, what are you doing? Do, and the moment the do comes out, he gets hit with a halluva kick, smack to his face. And we are on. Almost a three count for Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. They end up having a pretty decent match, a pretty long match. The bloodline come out to interfere. No, Kevin Owens runs them <laughs> off. And Sami Zayn eventually pins Roman Reigns to win the title. He lies over him, holds the title in his face and says, Roman now will you acknowledge me? He's outsmarted the bloodline. He's done the turn on the biggest stage of them all. That's how I do it. That is really, 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 really good. Yeah? Um, yeah, really good. I like that we go, how tempted were you to have Sammy just roll him up and win it with a three-count roll-up as he's coming down? That image of the one... The foot, yeah, the foot. The foot. I'd quite like to see Roman start celebrating yeah. as if he hasn't actually heard that there wasn't a three count and then look around just see Roman and Sammy's foot on the rope. Yeah, that's what that's, and you can milk that moment and, and the key is getting everyone to believe that he's going to do it. And yeah, then I really like that. You get what I love is you get Sammy outsmarting them all. He outsmarts yeah. all of them, and it the master all, strategist, the master strategist. So that is how I will do it. How close is it to what you have planned? Um. Well, I hadn't, because I knew I wasn't doing this week. I hadn't, con- I had two thoughts. I had one that was similar to that. I'll go down my other route now. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do another one of, we'll build to a, in mind, we will build to, we will know they're having an actual match and we'll build to that. Okay. I, there's two ways you can do it. I think I probably prefer your storytelling device there, but I'll do another way to see how, what, what it's like. Excellent. There's more than one way to skin a cat, more than one way to make an omelette. We will do Charlie's way next week and yours as well. Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley. That should have got uh, your old temptation tingling ahead of WrestleMania. Now, let's do everyone's favourite part of the pod, earning the push back to developmental. Something we love is getting a push to the moon. Something we hate is going back to developmental. It has to be from everyday life. It cannot be wrestling. Charlie, what is yours? So, earning the push for me is the England men's test cricket team. Ah. Because I have watched cricket my whole life. I love cricket. It's probably my favourite sport to watch. I thought I understood test cricket, and then England started playing it in the most ridiculous way. And it's just the most fascinatingly brilliant thing to watch. It's so much fun. And they just got one of the greatest wins in test cricket history this uh, this past week in a way that no one thought they should ever win a game. So just, I love, it's just brilliant. So the Met England men's test cricket team, and I love that I don't understand test cricket anymore. Have you ever played it, cricket? I played when I was a kid, it was my summer sport. Yeah, and I I was fine until the ball started moving. Like I was a, bat, I was a batter. Right. I could hit a ball and then it started swinging and spinning and I couldn't deal with that. <laughs> and so that's my earn the push. Okay. Back, back to developmental, very easy one. I don't mind the cold. I'm pretty good in the cold. But I need to send back to developmental my circulation because I get hideously cold fingers and toes in the cold. 
That is my only uh, issue. I'm good in the cold, apart from when it gets under freezing, my fingers and toes just go, nope, can't do this. Can I give you a tip? Not so much for the toes. Someone I saw on social media said, hard boil some eggs, good for protein, and then you can hold them and they retain heat for about 90 minutes. That is very interesting. You eat them. Yeah, exactly. But you, but you do, people do say to you, why are you, why are you holding hard boiled eggs? <laughs> just standing there like that, egg in each other. You just shake your hand and you've got an egg in your hand. Like, like the worst, like, you know, when like gangsters like slip each other money through a handshake, <laughs> I was like slipping a hard boiled egg. <laughs> I don't want this. <laughs> yes, it's cold now. Here you go. Um, you should get some so fingerless yeah. gloves. But no, it's the fingers that struggle. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, when I wear gloves up to about my, is that a knuckle? Like, you know, not your knuckle, but your mid-finger knuckle. I think that's oh. also a knuckle. I think. Okay, so yeah. you, the knuckle halfway up your finger, yeah. up to there, I'm fine. Above there gets cold. And I will, for the next few months, I'll consistently be in two or three pairs of socks at a time. So given what you do for a job, some players, do, do they wear gloves? Are, are you allowed to wear? No. No, boys can wear stick mitts. No one does anymore. That's like it. There was a point, the wasn't there? That you yeah, could... you could if you want. No one does that. If, so, if I saw someone wearing stick mitts on a pitch, I'd be flying into them. Jealousy. That's what it would no, be. Not jealousy. Just like, how, do you have any self-respect? I just think, uh, a nice pair of woolly gloves for you when you play your next imagine, game. Imagine. 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 Um, all right, then. What are you sending back to developmental? Uh, also back to developmental, how blinking cold it is. It is yeah. It is turned... I mean, to be fair, I was in Manchester this week and I was driving back to Cornwall. No, you weren't. We've been through this. No, I wasn't, was I? I was in Salford. We've been through this. Apparently, oh, there's also a Trafford. I, there are three different... Oh, yes, yes. There are different places. The north of England is not just one place, amazingly. Oh, when you're from Cornwall, it goes Cornwall, Devon, Somerset, Bristol, bit hazy north. till London the north i've only just established that manchester is the northwest yes yeah and liverpool's the northeast no liverpool's northwest as well about 40 minutes from manchester uh, okay well it's all very we confusing hate each other it's, it's like oh we hate each other but, but then you southerners get involved and we hate you more well that's fine because no one really knows where you are from down <laughs> our point you're just the north it's, it's you then then sort of blank space scotland. Uh, scotland yeah but it did look beautiful driving back across england yesterday in the in the freezing weather but it's so yeah. cold and sort of related to that my earning the push massive hotel rooms i was in a huge hotel room this week it was you must have stayed in some stinking hotel rooms with with your job yeah, stayed in some bad ones, stayed in some great ones. Yeah. Um, it was always interesting, obviously, with Jersey. We were in a hotel every other week. Yeah. So I had, um, I have my phone still. This is, this might be, I want to say this now, this is on my professional wrestling podcast. Yep. This might be the nerdiest thing I've ever done. Okay. On my phone, I have a thing called the BSI. It is, it stands for the Beckett Shower Index. And every hotel we stayed at in my time in Jersey, I gave a rating and review to out of five. Five. Uh, okay. Hang on, I'm going to find it now for you. Uh, and I've got the scores here, but I also used to text my better half with a full review of every um. <laughs> what what everyone. make? What are we ranking you it know? on here? What are we so ranking here's, it on? Here's, here's the BSI, Jack. Just there know, there are, for listeners, there are at least, and this is clearly split by season, Yes. and there are at least, I would say, 14 shower reviews on there, at least. So what was taken into account was um, heat. Yep. Power. Height, because some of them I couldn't fit under. Yeah, that's true. And then size of cubicle. Okay. So let me let me just describe... I want to know where your best was in a minute. Let me describe the shower I had, because I was in a room, I think, which was a disability access room, because there were yes. red cables everywhere. I And I had... It was like a wet room. There was a seat off the wall, 
Yes. Very low shower, free condiment, condiments, you know, what do I mean? Yes, the, yes, shower gels. Yeah, which always is a bonus for me. Um, so what would you rank that, sort of a... a, a that, that, how, it's a I the big one for me is power. I like a powerful and hot shower. Yeah, me too. That's, a, that's, that, that's coming in at least at a 3, 3.5. You've got room, you've yep. got... That's, that's nice, that's nice. Okay. Um, our best was when we played London Scottish in my first year at Jersey, we stayed... In a no, well, we did. We stayed one time at a different hotel we normally stayed at. We stayed at a Novotel, yep, and that got the only five star review. Oh, okay, because what that had that no other hotel had was that had some X Factor as well. Because <laughs> I'm not making this up, right? Yep, I've got the video on my phone. How sad would it be if you were making it yes, up? Yeah. <laughs> the only thing worse in the bathroom, sorry, in the bedroom, you could see into the bathroom, it was just clear glass. Oh, no, no, and no. Me and Yan- I was there with Yanko Venture at the time, Namibian International, we were like, that's weird. And then we discovered you pressed a button and the whole glass went frosted. And that got five stars for you? Well, it was a brilliant shower already. It was a 4.5, 4.75, and then that bit of X Factor gave it a five. Other notable mentions, <laughs> the showers at Heathrow Airport were a 4.5. Okay. The showers at the Radisson Blue we stayed at in Russia when we went to Moscow. Yeah. They were a 4.5 because, of course, we went to Moscow. Uh, and then at the other end of the scale, um, the shower in Doncaster got a 0.5. What? How bad um, does it have to be to get a 0.5? Well, it was tiny, not powerful. I couldn't fit under it. It's only saving grace was it was it was hot. But when the first time we came to Pirates, <laughs> a hotel I've stayed at, I'm not going to name it because I've stayed at the hotel many times since and it's been fine. Right. But on that day... They had no hot water for the weekend. Oh, no. That, yeah, that's... So that got a zero. That is an instant zero. As I say, I'm not going to name that hotel because I stayed there. I've stayed there four times since and everyone's been lovely. Do you redo the... Ind- I'm, I'm getting way too invested. Do you redo the index every time you go to the hotel? Or is it like, this is your benchmark? No, it stayed with just those because it's the jerseys, my time in Jersey, because I don't go I don't go to hotels that oh. often now with rugby because I normally just do day trips. But because it was every other weekend we were in a hotel... Uh, and but, yeah, I honestly, I send full reviews to my better half. And on a Friday when she was playing away, she would wait with bated breath for the BSI to come in. Yeah. Or she would sit with her family going, I don't know how much more of this I can take. Yeah. yeah. yeah there's more, also that. There's also more. that. Well, I'm going to start reviewing showers for you, I think. I'm going to start joining Excellent. joining your little Excellent. club. Uh, let's, if we can, after that, try and bring it back to wrestling as we look to wrap up. Uh, we're heading towards Rumble season. Who are your favourites? Give me a name for the women's and a name for the men's. As we stand, about seven weeks out, top of your head, who's winning each? Women's Becky or Rhea. Um, or a returning Charlotte. Yep. She. I said the other week. Give me, give me one them. though. Give me one. Rhea Ripley for the yeah. women's rumble. I'd agree. I'd agree. And for the men's, I think it will be Cody Rhodes. Uh, if it's Cody, don't you get another Roman when it should have been Daniel Bryan moment? If Sammy's in it. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I. I know. I just think. But I also think a returning Cody Rhodes will have a big pop. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, th- I want it to be Sammy. I want it to be Sammy. I think. But I think it'd be Cody. I think Cody's injury has done more damage than we would think to his momentum. I 
almost think he's going to have to come back a heel. I almost yes, think that. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Well, look, plenty to be going on with our next uh, meeting next week. We will have Ring of Honor and NXT events, plus we'll have Dynamite, Raw, and SmackDown to talk about, including that match between Ricochet uh, and Gunter. Remember, we want your fancy booking for next week as well. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your pods from. But we are out of time. On behalf of Charlie and myself, thank you for listening. See you next week, and bye-bye.